You are locked on Packers. I feel like we can run the table. We really do. Your daily Green Bay Packers podcast. Rodgers gets out. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Floats it. Your team. Oh, every day. Touchdown. You are locked on Packers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. I'm Peter Bukowski and I cover the Packers for SB Nation and Packer Report. I cover the NFL around the internet. And you can follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked on Packers. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe to the podcast, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked on Packers, the number one Packers podcast on the internet. And the show for fans who know what happened, they want to know why and how. Today's episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them Locked On sent you. The Packers have made some moves. Not, not big moves. And not moves that are going to move the needle in a significant way. Uh, they brought in a new long snapper. Not that you care. Joe Fortunato. So they're on the board. An outside free agent is now on the team. They also brought back Mercedes Lewis on a two-year deal. There's conflicting reporting on the guarantees in that deal, but it's looking like a two-year, $8 million deal for Mercedes Lewis. And there are a couple things that I want to say about this. Not, not the Mercedes Lewis part specifically, because I don't know that that's that big a deal. It does matter from this standpoint. Um, the Packers were looking at, you know, day two tight ends, the the Brevin Jordans and the Tommy Trembles of the world. But with big Bob Tunyon, Mercedes Lewis, Josiah DeGuara, Jay Sternberger, it just doesn't seem like the way to go about allocating your resources, especially in a draft like this, especially in a position that the Packers are in that that makes much sense to go that direction. But they might be the best player on the board when Green Bay picks. We'll see how things shake out. I want to piggyback on something that our friend Zach Cruz from the Packers Wire said yesterday. And that is for as distraught was the word Zach used. As Aaron Rodgers was after the NFC Championship game, he was a guy who was clearly very... Uh, reflective and pensive and I don't want to say in his feelings because that has a negative connotation, but he was, he was hurt and, and disappointed and sad that this group was just never going to make a run again together. And yet, as we sit here today, the Packers have brought back essentially Every preferred starter from offense and defense minus Corey Lindsley. Now, if you look at snap percentages, you know, Rick Wagner played over 50% of snaps, but Billy Turner opened the year as the preferred starter at tackle. Now, Lane Taylor also opened the season as the preferred starter at right guard, but Lucas Patrick played over 90% of snaps. And Lucas Patrick is the one who is under contract beyond this season. And Lane Taylor is not. And that's not to say that they, you know, if Lane Taylor plays and plays well, that that they wouldn't have considered bringing him back. But I I don't think the plan was ever for Lane Taylor to be the, the, the starter in 2021. So if we look at it from that standpoint. This is a team coming off two consecutive 13 and three seasons. Now, whether or not they were actually a 13 and three team by caliber in 2019, 
obviously matters here. They were not. They were more like a 10-win team, an 11-win team, but they were a good team in 2019. They went to the NFC Championship game. They won a playoff game. In 2020, they were a legit 13-win team, and they were blowing teams out, and this offense was the best in football. They're running that group back, essentially, and I would make the case that A.J. Dillon at the very least, has the upside to be better than Jamal Williams was last season. I love the talent that A.J. Dillon possesses with the size, the strength, the burst, the athleticism, all of the things that he can bring to bear. Now, can he be the pass protector that Jamal Williams was? Can he be the uh, pass catcher that Jamal Williams was? We don't know about that. I love the combination of A.J. Dillon and Aaron Jones together. And they still have the draft to add some pieces here. We could still see some, you know, low market signings. They're still working on this Aaron Rodgers contract. I expect something to get done. They still need a couple million to get their draft class signed. But they could they could get that with a Devontae Adams extension. They could get that with a simple restructure from Rodgers. It seems like they're they're working on getting something a little bit more complex done here. And then you look at defense, and I know the Kevin King thing is going to bother people. And look, it's not a move I would have made either. But if you look at guys who played 50 or more percent of snaps last year, the only guy who is not going to be back is Christian Kirksey, and he had lost his job by the middle of the year. He got hurt and then lost his job. So... Although he was an opening day preferred starter, by the time the NFC Championship game rolled around, he was not a preferred starter. Rashawn Gary, probably going to see an uptick in his snap percentage. Chris Barnes, Kingsley Kiki. You know, I got some pushback on Twitter when I mentioned this, that, oh, Tyler Lancaster is not coming back. Okay, he played 34% of snaps last year. That's not very many. Raven Green, who you could make the case is a preferred starter as as the nickel safety, that third safety, and that I have I have said over and over that that is a starting position on this team. Well, he played 32% of snaps, a little under, because he couldn't stay on the field. Will Redmond played 33% of snaps. He's a backup. Now, this team fell short. That's true. And they, they do have to figure out what to do with Corey Lindsley. But I continue to believe that there will still be moves to be made here. I still believe that they are going to be players in the free agent market. And it it may not be now. It may be later. It may be after the draft. Uh, You know, if if these guys aren't going to be signed, if someone like Quentin Dunbar is going to be out there in June after the draft, why wouldn't you bring him in? And there, there could be defensive linemen cut. Snacks Harrison still doesn't have a home. He could come back. They are going to see who they can get in the draft. If they can get Christian Barmore, maybe they don't have to worry about getting uh, some sort of mid-level defensive lineman in the draft, right? That, they just don't have to do that because Barmore is a first-round pick and is going to play. You know, someone sent me a mock draft because I, I made the joke that the Packers, after all these corners, are going to sign, are going to draft Christian Barmore and Packers Twitter is going to lose its mind. And someone said, okay, well, what if the draft was Christian Barmore, Ifatu Melifanwu, and Diami Brown? And I was like, well, you can sign me up for that. You can definitely sign me up for that. 
if if that's how it felt, I don't I don't know if Melly Fonwu was going to be there at 62. I don't know if Diami Brown is going to be there in the 90s, but that would be a great draft for Green Bay, in my opinion. Obviously, is there a part of this that is aimed at Aaron Rodgers? Is there a part of this that is about saying, "Hey, you wanted to run it back. We're gonna we're gonna run it back. Not only are we gonna run it back." But now we're going to use your money to go get somebody, add a piece or two, and then try and nail the draft and go win a Super Bowl. They were, they were, by the way, really close to winning a Super Bowl. Really close. And I think we forget that. And we have gone to the point now where because the season ended the way that it did, and it ended the way that it did two years in a row, we are going to pretend like this team sucks. And that's not true. They could use some reinforcements. They could use some roster turnover. They're going to do that. They're going to draft some players. Those players are going to get an opportunity to play if they deserve to play. You're going to hope that bringing back and getting back from injury, Josiah DeGuara, is an upgrade for your offense. You're going to hope that Jay Sternberger, who you've invested time and draft capital in as well, is going to come back bigger, stronger, faster, and, and more comfortable in this offense. And you're going to hope that the, the decisions that you've made along the offensive line with John Runyon Jr., who looks like a solid dude, and whatever you have to put together with the offensive line, and then whatever you put, uh, additions you're able to make in the draft can, can give you that little nudge. But let's remember, this is a team that was uh, a tighter Tyler Johnson jersey away from having a chance to go to the Super Bowl and win it. This was a Super Bowl caliber team last year. And while the Packers have not added, they're essentially going to bring everyone back. Two months ago, we thought that would be impossible. They're going to have to find a new running back. They're going to have to find all these pieces because they just don't have the manpower. They just don't have the resources. They don't have the money to make these decisions. We thought every, basically every player that that they had as an undrafted free agent was going to have to be out the door. And it turns out they were able to bring essentially their entire defense back. Now, was the defense great last year? No, but you, you also are hiring a new defensive coordinator, presumably, to help with that. And offensively, the most likely outcome in any event was always going to be you were going to have to find a piece or two in the draft. But remember... This was the best offense in football last year. We cannot pretend like they desperately need any kind of peace. Their best players didn't play well in the NFC Championship game, and we have to keep going back to that. Zadarius Smith, Aaron Jones, Devontae Adams, and for part of the game, Aaron Rodgers did not play their best. They did not play their best. If your best players don't play their best game, you are going to lose. And if they don't play their best in the moments where they have to play their best. Tom Brady played a dog second half. I was going to say a dog something else, but there are kids listening. Probably Joey from Underage Packers. <laughs> Your best guys have to come through for you. Aaron Jones is back, and he gets the opportunity to atone for those moments. And by the way, he was huge in the Rams game. You go back to 2019, he was huge in that Vikings game. He seals it with a big play. 
He is a primetime player who had a bad game in the NFC Championship game. That doesn't mean you need all new players. It means you need your best players to play well. We thought Preston Smith was going to be out the door. We thought he was going to be cut. Well, not only is he back, he's back at roughly the same cost that he would have uh, incurred on the Packers cap had he been cut anyway. And now they get him. They get to use his pass rush productivity. They get to use his playmaking because he was, and we saw it in the second half, still capable of making plays that impacted winning for the Packers. And it it did it take did it take Rashawn Gary starting over him? Yeah, it did. But that helped and that worked. And he showed why he is a useful player for this Packers team. So, you know, I, I don't want this to turn into excuse making and, because it's not. And I made it clear yesterday that I, I didn't really understand why you would bring back Kevin King. But it is one less variable to have to adjust for over the next month or two. And I don't think it's going to stop them from going out and signing someone. I think they could still do that. I don't think it's going to affect their draft plans. They're still certainly going to take multiple defensive backs in this draft. Probably two, at least two, maybe three if you get a safety in two corners or a safety who can play nickel um, and a corner. There, there's still a lot of work to be done. And, and to have a complete roster, you still probably need another player or two. But this this team coming back is essentially the team that it was last year. Continuity matters. And they are a really good football team. We saw it last year. And that was with some guys not playing up to their ability. Kenny Clark didn't have his best season. Zadarius Smith didn't have his best season. He was still really good. Preston Smith. We think Rashawn Gary can be even better. Uh, Darnell Savage can be even better. Elton Jenkins could be even better. And guys like Marquez Valdez-Scanling, Alan Lazard, if he can stay healthy. And then, you know, some of the young guys, Dylan, DeGuara, Sternberger. What can they bring? Uh, Kamal Martin with a full offseason and preseason. He was the best linebacker in training camp. I keep saying it. He could get an opportunity to be a more full-time player on this team. Once again, without adding significant pieces, could be really, really good. Today's episode is brought to you by our friends at Rock Auto. Buying car parts can be an obnoxious experience. You have to go into the store. You have to try and figure out what exactly it is you're looking for. You got to figure out what they're going to charge you for the thing. And they may not have the model that you want. They may not have the brand that you want. And they certainly may not have it at the price that you want. Leave all of that behind at rockauto.com, a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to Rock Auto and shop auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. Everything you need from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. And best of all, prices at Rock Auto are always reliably low. The same for professionals as do-it-yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much for the same part? Go to rockauto.com now and see all the parts available for your car or truck and write locked on in their how did you hear about us box so they know we sent you. We've been telling you about Built Bars. They are the best tasting protein bar on the market. And we've been telling you about them for a while. If you haven't gotten on board, what are you waiting for? Every day, seemingly, I get a note from someone. Hey, I just tried these. These things really do deliver. 
I got a note the other day. Hey, thanks for turning me on to the Built Bar. These things are awesome. Well, which is the most awesome? Well, we're doing a bracket to find out what you think. And today's matchup, mint brownie versus coconut puff. Oh, the coconut puff. The coconut puff is unbelievable. I cannot say enough about the coconut. Whatever whatever flavoring they use to get that coconut is unbelievable. It's low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber. Somehow, I don't get it. 100% chocolate. If you want to contribute to the discourse, and why wouldn't you? Go to BuiltBar.com and let your voice be heard or Built underscore Bar on Twitter. And remember to use the promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order. That's LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order at BuiltBar.com. The best tasting protein bar ever. I want to bring up something that I wrote about yesterday for Packer Report. And that is um, when you look at the, the this cornerback class. Uh, there are a bunch of really good corners. And we've talked about that before. Um, who is cornerback for, et cetera, et cetera. Now, it seems like, you know, the 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 big media companies are coalescing a little bit around Greg Newsom II. But that is by no means the whole story. That is by no means consensus. Um, I, I said this in the piece. I've seen 10 corners in the top 32 or in mock drafts. 10. 10. That's unbelievable. And that means after those first couple guys, Green Bay is going to have a lot of choices. Now, we thought that last year, didn't we? And lo and behold, not only did Green Bay trade up, but they traded up and still weren't in position to take a receiver that they really liked. Could that happen again with corner? Sure it could. Sure it could. Uh, but a couple of things are working in Green Bay's favor. Number one, J.C. Horn has absolutely blown out the pre-draft process. He has tested incredibly well, ran sub 4, 440 at his pro day, jumped over 40 inches, jumped uh, further than 11 feet in the broad. I mean, he is an explosive, outstanding athlete. He's going to be one of the first two corners off the board. Patrick Sertain, same deal. Unbelievable workouts testing numbers, size. He's got it all. I I don't love him. I like him. I don't love him. The fact that he is going to go before Green Bay picks does not bother me at all because I, I just uh, I'm left a little cold by him. After that, though, and Daniel Jeremiah said this yesterday, he doesn't think Caleb Farley from Virginia Tech, who has not been able to work out, aggravated his back, is going to go before those guys. Well, if he's CB3, and J.C. Horn has been projected, you know, anywhere from like 15 to 25. Then what is that? What does that mean for Green Bay? Could they trade up? You know, if, if Caleb Fairley is sitting there at 22, 24, 25, would they trade up for him? A perfect fit for what Green Bay wants. Excelled at Virginia Tech in zone coverage, can play man, but I think his best in zone had a, had a zone coverage grade over 90. I mean, he was terrific in zone coverage can play off because he's long because he's explosive and even though he's a little bit of a longer corner um he, he's got some really good change of direction not not as stiff in, in his hips as as some other bigger players would be he is awesome if green bay has a chance to go get him go get him 
And you heard Eric Crocker on the show yesterday say, if they have a chance to go get Greg Newsom the second, go get him. So they could move up. And Brian Gutekinds has shown a willingness to move up. I got this question yesterday from a Locked on Packers listener. If you're going to move up, who are you going to move up for? Well, th- those are the two names that top the list. I don't. There is not another name for me that I would move up for. Uh, because no one moves the needle like those guys. There's not a pass rusher to move up for that you just go, oh yeah, this guy. Hell yeah. There isn't an offensive tackle you move up for and you go, hell yeah, this guy. Now, I really like Christian Derisaw. I really like Tevin Jenkins. But you can get a guy who's, you know, reasonably as talented by, first of all, by just staying put probably. Or in the second, third, fourth, Brady Christensen is going to be their pick in the fourth round and he's going to turn into David Bakhtiari 2.0 and that's just how this works. These these corners can come in and make a huge impact on your team, even if most rookie corners are bad, and they are. Kevin King is going to start the season on the boundary, probably. Uh, you may find a, a rookie safety, a slot. But remember, Darnell Savage started as a rookie and showed a lot of promise. Now, he was inconsistent, but showed a lot of promise, was certainly better than what they had at the position the year before. Jair Alexander gets drafted. Doesn't start right away, but, you know, by by the end of September, basically, he was playing real reps. If those guys are good, if you nail those picks, and if you if you find that guy, if it's Farley, if it's Newsome, both guys just plug and play players for Green Bay. You can really elevate this team. Now, you don't have to. That's the thing is if let's say those four guys go Horn. Sertain, Farley, and Newsom. They're gone. There's two other guys in the first round that I think Green Bay could and would consider at the cornerback position. Asante Samuel Jr. and Afatu Melifanwu. Now, I know that Melifanwu is not a first round, not even by consensus. It, I think he's a first round corner. I was talking to Eric Edholm from Yahoo Sports, who's been on the show about it, who mocked Melifanwu to the Packers. He is a Packers type. He is physical. He can tackle. He can play from off. He can play from press. I really like what he brings. And as a second corner, he would be a different type from Jair Alexander. He also tested off the charts, jumped 41 and a half at 6'2", 205, uh, broad jumped 11-2 and, and ran sub 4-5. So I, I love the pairing there. But let's say they think Asante Samuel is too small. Okay, take Mafanwa. Well, let's say they think he's more like the 50th best player in the draft, not the 29th best player in the draft. Okay. Take Trevon Merrick. Take Elijah Molden. Take Tevin Jenkins. Take Christian Derrissaw. There are other guys who can help this team. Because of the way this draft class is shaped, because of the depth, you can get a guy on day two. Now, I actually think the the, the depth at safety is better on day two. So you don't have to take Merrig. I mean, I like if if you if you were really sure or you were willing to trade up to get someone like Melifonwu on day two, then I'd be more willing to take Merrig in the first. But I'm I'm taking Samuel or Melifonwu if, if Newsom and Farley are off the board. And and I'm not thinking twice about it. Because on day two, you can get Javon Holland. You can get um, someone like Elijah Molden. 
You could get Andre Sisco, Richie Grant. There are these safeties that that I really like on day two. You get your corner, you get your safety, and then you figure the rest out. And you see if you can get Diami or Jalen Darden or Amari Rogers or one of these type players, Demetric Felton, Shai Smith. Brian Gutekinds was in the building. Well, he was in Columbia, South Carolina to watch the pro day. They are looking at these corners intently. They are going to take one of them. I think they're going to take one of them in the first, and I wouldn't be surprised. Honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if they traded up to do it. They have the extra fourth. You know, they go they go from 30 up to 21 uh, to, to get Darnell Savage. It costs them a pair of fourth-round picks. You do that all day. If someone like Farley is dropping to 21, I'm giving up both fourth-round picks to go up and get him. And if Newsom, you know, if, if let's say Farley is there, maybe you say, okay, well, we like Newsom too. Let's wait a couple picks and see if you can do it for just one fourth. Now, I think fairly, I think Farley is is like a top 15 player in this class. If he's there at 21, go get him. Go get him. Because he can be a foundational player for you. But this draft has so many options for Green Bay. There are probably going to be guys there. One of the key differences between this year and last year is... This receiver class is also stacked. There's a bunch of receivers who are going to go chase and Devontae Smith and Jalen Waddell and Kyle Pitts, who's really a receiver and, and Terrace Marshall. These guys are, are legit first round receivers and Kadarius Tony. And then you add in all the quarterbacks who are going to go. We're probably going to see four quarterbacks go in the first four picks. Mac Jones is going to go in there somewhere too. a couple offensive linemen, you know, a linebacker or two. Uh, probably no defensive linemen, but offensive linemen are, are going to go. And then, you know, everyone's got to make picks. Everyone's got to take someone. Could all the corners go? Yeah, they could. We saw basically all the receivers go. The difference is Green Bay is not in the same position to say, well, we can just bank on MBS and Lazard and uh, Equinemius St. Brown to be a part of this offense because we had Devontae Adams. It is similar in that Green Bay has really good um, foundational pieces around whoever this rookie is going to be, but they don't have the developmental guys. They they clearly don't believe in Josh Jackson. Kadar Holman is much better suited to play man coverage, press man specifically. And so I don't even know what the future of, of him on this team is. And again, if Josh Jackson can't play for this team, he can't play. Because this is a, a, a coverage and a system that's tailor-made for him. So it is, it is time for him to figure it out. But there are guys on day two. They can't be like, oh, well, we think Alan Lazard is better. And and that was, they turned out to be right about that. They, they would be wrong about that if they think their corners are going to do that this year. Especially after they brought back Kevin King. Today's episode is brought to you by our friends at Bet online bet online is the fastest and easiest way to get all of your betting needs met in one place bet on the nba college basketball the nhl baseball is almost here plus award shows reality tv and so much more and and best of all right now just because you're a locked on packers listener they will give you a 50 percent deposit bonus you put money in they will give you money just for doing that when you use the promo code locked on. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. All right, we're going to be back tomorrow, last show of the week. 
And uh, we, we are creeping ever toward the NFL draft. We're a month out. We're a month out from the draft. So we had a crocker on to talk um, about about the draft this week. If you missed that show, go check it out. A lot of fun uh, with him. And we're going to talk about the corners at, at more at more length in more depth next week in our offseason report card series. There are still some guys out there who we could be signed. I still think Green Bay is going to make a signing. And we're going to talk about the guys in the draft as well. Follow me on Twitter, Peter underscore Bukowski. Follow the podcast on Twitter, Locked on Packers. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe to the podcast, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you find podcasts, you will find it Locked on Packers. And anytime you want to hit us up on the Locked on Packers fan hotline, you can do that. 920-341-3775 to stay Locked on Packers.